0: Creating an online course is one of the most powerful things you could do for your business to create passive, scalable income. You do the work once, you build an audience and a lead gen machine, and then that course can sell automatically to your students day in and day out, which is amazing. It's what set me free financially years ago, and I love it, except for the fact that most courses out there all suck. They're bland, they're mundane, they're just cobbled together, and they're generally not what people paid for. And that's not what we want to do. We want to create a powerful experience for them that not only are they happy that they paid for, but really more importantly than their happiness is that they get results. So it's important that you create a course that actually gets people results. And one of the biggest ways to get people results is to get people to go through your course all the way. And it's hard to do that unless you have some strategy. So to help you out, I brought on my friend Jasmine Janti today in the episode to break down how to create a killer course. Now, Jasmine used to be a school teacher. And so she's got this pedagogical training, right? Where she can learn how to teach, how to get something into somebody else. And she is now pull that teaching skill into a thriving business, teaching creators how to make courses, that are extremely valuable to their target audience. She's also keeping coaches like you and me and consultants in their genius zone as an integrator and online program ghostwriter. So she even helps people create their courses where they can just focus on the teaching side of things. She can help organize your thoughts into a coherent course. So what we did in this episode was break down exactly what makes a good course, what mistakes course creators can make, newbie mistakes and even mistakes that I realized I was making as I was listening to this episode and some up to the moment trends that are working right now to help your students consume your courses faster and get more results, which will ultimately make them happy they purchased and give you great testimonials. This is super practical. I think you're going to love Jasmine and enjoy this conversation. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Jasmine Jonti. Welcome back to the Graham Cochran Show, where each week I'm breaking down the mindsets, strategies, and habits to help you build a highly profitable and life-giving business. I'm your host, Graham Cochran pumped to have you here before we jump into the episode. I want to give you a gift. I want to give you a little bit of homework. If you haven't already, check out my passive income workshop. What are you doing? Take 45 minutes out of your day. Watch this free training that breaks down the business model that I've used to create two seven figure online businesses in two very different niches. It'll help you figure out what your profitable idea is, help you figure out how to monetize it and really what is the mechanism underneath all the stuff I'm teaching each week and my guests are talking about so that you can actually build a business. That's really a system that requires minimal, maintenance, but can spin and run and run and print money for you day in and day out. It's a powerful training. It's a hundred percent free. It'll give you a good sense of whether this is the type of business you want to build or not. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash workshop, or you can click the link below. If you're watching on YouTube, that's grahamcochran.com slash workshop and learn how to build your first thousand dollars a month business in just 30 minutes a day. All right, let's jump into the episode. Jasmine, I'm excited to have the conversation because we already got to do a little bit together where I brought you into my community, the six-figure coaching community, and you did a whole masterclass uh, for my people to help us understand courses, which is great because I'm teaching people the, the business model uh, mm-hmm. of courses and content and a little bit on like how to think about putting a course together, but it's really a, a lane that you've you got a lot of expertise in. So I'm excited for the conversation because I think it'll be very practical for anyone who's creating a course. Or any kind of coaching uh, online, how to think about delivering a ton of value. So, thanks for jumping in and sharing this with maybe my broader community that hasn't heard of you yet.
1: Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. I've had the chance to meet a few of your your uh, members, and they're a bright bunch.
0: They are. So, they're good people. They're mm-hmm. they're smart, but even better than that, they're good people with mm-hmm. a, a, an actual desire to not just make money, but actually do something that is worthwhile you know, like put something mm-hmm. out there in the world that's like they're proud of and that's actually helping people. And in this kind of sleazy space of courses, <laughs> uh, that's not always the case. So I'm very yeah. proud of the people in this, in this tribe. So you, let's talk about your background real quick, because I want people to understand like why I brought you on the show, right? So you've got this teacher background. So take us from like being a teacher And then leaping from teacher into online course space, which makes way more sense than me. I wasn't a teacher, but you actually are an educator. So talk us through going from an educator in person in real life. What was it like? What were you doing? And then how did you get into the online space and what made you actually want to make that change?
1: Yeah, I got started teaching in Detroit, Michigan. I taught in the lowest performing school in the country at the time. Wow. And so, you know, it wasn't uncommon for classrooms to have three and even four teachers in a year. Like that's how high the teacher turnover was. And it's because the schools are really underfunded. It's a, it's a tough place to teach. Um, And I loved my students. Always, always, always loved my students. But the actual, and the actual act of teaching, you know, like imparting knowledge and seeing people grow and knowing that you had a hand in seeing them grow. It's so fulfilling. It's so satisfying But for me as a human, it just got to be too much, you know? And so after four years of teaching, I I did three years in Detroit at that school. And then I did one year in Nashville. I was just like, you know what? Like, I don't think I want to do this every day for the rest of my life. And let me pull out now before I have a husband and children and all of these things that depend on me. Uh, And so I was doing a little bit of health coaching at the time because you know, teachers get paid. I mean, I was paid $38,000 a year.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So in the hardest, arguably one of the hardest places to teach. And, um, and I was like, I just, I can't live like this anymore. Uh, And so I left, I was doing a little health coaching on the side and I was like, let me just try this thing full time. I had like a little bit in savings and went for it. And, It it didn't hit right away. I think it took me like four or five years to hit a six figure year, you know, which no one ever says. Everybody's like, you know, they they say these huge numbers. I hit six figures in six months and you can do it too. But like that's in my experience with all my friends and colleagues in space, that's not the norm. (laughs) So especially coming from uh, a place like teaching rather than having a big corporate background and maybe I had you know, a bunch of money in savings, and I could pour, pour fire on the business. I didn't have poor gasoline on the business. I didn't have that. So, um, so that's kind of how I got my start and I built my own programs. I got people incredible like results. Like that was never the problem. My problem was what you know how to do, <laughs> which is the sales and marketing. I really struggled with that. And eventually realized that, you know, I'm better at product. I'm best at product and building really good products, and started to support people with what I'm best at, which is kind of meta, but it's building good products. I
0: I love that. I mean, first of all, there's so much there. Um, Thanks for your honesty about sort of the ramp up time for your business. Yeah, Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a big proponent of, of. Pulling back the curtain on the reality of what it takes to build mm-hmm. any business. I don't know why we would think online business is any different, but um, a lot of my students they they email me frustrated. I've, I've been doing this for six months. I where's my six figure year? I'm like, bro, if I could make six figures in my first six months of business, I, I would be a happy camper. It took me into my third year to reach six oh, figures. Really? um and i was doing it full time it wasn't a side hustle so i felt like mm-hmm. like this is really slow going and i've i found that a lot of my my best students typically see some momentum in year 2 or i mean after 2 years mm-hmm. it's, i see a pattern there um but it takes time so i love that you shared that um and then i i love that you you know you found success with the most important thing which is getting people results like i mean sales and marketing is is what gets all the attention it's the sexy stuff um, but getting people results is the best marketing you can do. And that's, that's why, I mean, gosh, if you just put up to, if you're in the health space, were you doing like weight loss stuff and like fitness training or is it what, what kind of results? Yeah,
1: I was doing like, I was actually, I started with an MLM. Okay, yeah. So I started in that space and then I transitioned into, I had had my own health journey. And so I started teaching people actual programs separate. From yeah. what the MLM was selling, and that's when I really had like the first like, oh my god, I could actually sustain myself. Yeah, right. Like I like replaced my income kind of a thing with my fir- with one of my first programs, um, and then I niche hopped for a little bit because I couldn't quite like find my footing. Nothing really seemed to stick. Um, you know, I was at a Brendan Burchard event, and he was like, "Don't pick anything that you don't want to talk about for at least three years." Yeah. And I realized, oh wow, I'm like doing all the wrong things. Um, and then made some transitions and saw more success.
0: That's funny. Yeah. I always tell people that, but for 10 years, mm-hmm. I say, don't do anything unless you can talk and, about it for 10 years. Cause it really makes you think like, do I want to talk about this for 10 years?
1: Um, mm-hmm. When
0: you niche hopped, I'm just curious, was it like sub niches within the health space or was it like you were literally trying completely different main lanes?
1: At first it was. And then I started going to events, like personal development events, Tony Robbins, Brendan Burchard, you know, meditation things and realized um, community. People really struggled with community after events. Mm. So then I started to build programs just to help people stay accountable and get connected. Oh, that's cool. Uh, And so that was like, and I stuck with, I mean, that was probably meant before I pivoted into doing products for other people. I built four or five different products just inside of this idea of how do you stick with it after attending this big life-changing seminar.
0: And then you go home and you're
1: surrounded by people who are just, you know, muggles. Yes.
0: Exactly. The real world. You come down from the mountaintop with all these, these people, you know, they're not, Mm -hmm. they haven't been enlightened like I have. And yeah, (laughs) I get it. That's cool. So was that successful for you? Did that, that sounds like a really needed uh, niche
1: very successful. Um, I, I struggled to command a premium price there.
0: Mm.
1: I started to get there, but by the time I left, I was like just kind of over it. Uh, yes, it was successful. I mean, I had like 80% client retention wow. from like product to product. I mean, people just would stick with me. I had lifers who were in one of my programs, which were all different kinds of things over the course of like years a long time. And still they, you know, send me emails and hit me up about stuff. And it's
0: incredible. That's awesome. Okay. So mm-hmm. you're niche hopping. You're now, so there's a couple of things that happen, right? When you finally have something that's successful and you're like replacing an income that builds like a level of confidence. That's so like wonderful, right? Cause you're like, wow, mm-hmm. if I've done it before I could do it again, even if it all disappeared, I would figure something out, which I, I don't know about you. I didn't have that confidence when I started. It was like, this is impossible. How do people do it? But once you've done it, you're like, okay, it's scary if I were to lose it or needed to change it, but I could maybe do it again. You've done it in different niches. You're, you're, you're pr- getting practice, making offers and getting people results and whatever it is. Well, how did you land at the niche where you are now, where you help people? I mean, basically people outsource course courses oh, to you, right? God. Like you help them put these courses together. They've got what they have mm-hmm. to share in their head or their heart and you help them Make that materialize. How did you land in that niche?
1: I was building programs. I could build four programs at a time of my own, wow. right? So you know how people struggle, like my launch, my yearly launch, right? I was launching four things at one time. Wow. And it was because I had the people who wanted to keep buying, but they wanted different things. So mm. I would just build the programs they want, which is problematic for so many reasons, right? Right. And I got to a point where I was like, I keep building these things, but I'm not, I can't seem to sell anything multiple times. It's mm-hmm. because I didn't have the marketing and sales engine leading to a killer offer. I was just responding to what my tribe of people needed. And I got so fed up and frustrated because I just was working so dang much and nothing would scale. Which looking back, I just, I didn't have the skill set or understanding. There was a lot of piece of knowledge gaps that I had, but it worked out because I, I had an intuitive gut hit and I followed it. And I'm so glad I did. I completely shut down all my programs. I fired my entire team, let go of all of my clients and was just like, I don't know what the answer is, but this is not it. And so we're going to freshly, kind of like what you were saying is like, once you've done it once, you're like, okay, I know I could do it again. So this is a scary thing, but what if? What if what's on the other side of this big, scary decision is something that really works for me? So, I created this space, and in that space, I reached out to colleagues, friends, mentors, and I was like, So, how can I help you? Oh. <laughs> like, what do you think my genius zone is? What am I best at? And the theme was help me write the curriculum for my ebook, help me design the workbook to go with my program. Help me map out what tool would be best to teach this topic. It was all content and curriculum, and it was this massive light bulb wow. because I had no idea people even struggled with this Wow! because I was so good at it. Of course. Like, what do you mean? You, what, this is hard for world. <laughs> I do
0: this you when know? my sleep, people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. And lo and behold, it was all the stuff that I liked because I kept getting into this rut because I was trying to scale something. When what I really liked was building the products in the first
0: place. Oh, I, there's so much gold there. I love that. I mean, first of all, I hope everyone, when you're listening to this, listen to what Jasmine said, right? She she did the most, sometimes, avoid like you miss it, but it's so obvious. You just ask people, what do you think I'm good at? <laughs> what do you think is my genius when you see me, right? Because we can't see ourselves so, like, we're so poor judges of our own it's, it's character, sometimes our own, it's like the, the most valuable thing in us. For a lot of reasons, one, because we're part of our culture's program to be humble, um, which is a good thing. So maybe we, we don't want to build ourselves up so we don't look too closely at what we know we're good at. And two, though, it, like you just said, it's so, I, my buddy uh, James Woody says, like, what's ordinary to us is extraordinary to other people. And so mm-hmm. what, what you were good at, you had no idea. Not only do, A, other people struggle with it, which is, oh, that's an interesting data point. But B, they would find value if you could help them with that and then, but you're already good at it and you like it. And then now we have this perfect convergence of something you can do and you enjoy doing, and people are asking you for the help to do it. Now you can make money and not feel like it's this pushing this boulder up the hill. It's one of those like Mm -hmm. Seth Godin calls them downhill businesses. Just build a downhill Mm -hmm. business where it's just, it's easy to run downhill. So pick a business where you can run downhill instead of, I mean, you could build a business Mm -hmm. going uphill. It's just harder. And you want to make Mm -hmm. it harder on yourself. So that's, there's so much beautiful stuff there. Um, mm-hmm. so l- let's just pull out, like, you've, you've had some crazy success stories with your clients. Like, um, and I love it when we can like celebrate our students and their success. Like, is there one or two that come to mind for you of like, Hey, this person came to work with me, we helped them do this. And then here's what they were able to go on and do with our help in their course. Yeah. I
1: mean, one, one uh, it's a partnership that comes to mind, it's Nick Bradley and Rob Williams, and uh, they have a very successful podcast called Scale Up with Nick Bradley. Uh, and he's an acquisition entrepreneur. Okay. So he's, he knows how to sell businesses, how to come in, drive the value inside of the business and sell it for the biggest ticket that, that can be, can be uh, got. And so they came during COVID, I think, and they were on um, Clubhouse.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Remember the Clubhouse craze? I was like, my buddy's still on that. He was telling me yesterday, I was on Clubhouse yesterday. I'm like, that's still a thing?
1: That's still a thing, yeah. Well, during that big craze, Nick had this great podcast. And so he gets on Clubhouse and everybody's, you know, moving him up to the stage and all the things. And he's just talking and sharing. And naturally, all this entire new audience, all this new traffic is like, how can I work with you? And he had nothing. He had no product. Yeah. So we came in and we helped build his program, which helps business owners learn how to exit their company for a really great price. And especially if you think about what's happening now in the economy, it's, and when you think about the boomers and how many of the boomer generation are trying to retire, but they can't because they've built a great business, but there's problems with it. And so no one will buy it. Like it's a huge, it's a problem in multiple different places. And um, so, yeah, I mean, he did six figures in the first launch in like a week on clubhouse. It was dope. And then we had—I don't know how many people he ended up. I haven't checked in with him in a minute, but I think he's had at least 100 people go through that program in some way, shape, or form. And it's a high-ticket program, and they're all just adding value into their businesses, and they're getting ready to exit. And some of them have exited, and some of them are even using the training to acquire businesses to bolt onto their existing business to drive up the valuation. Oh, that's cool. So, it, like, there's multiple different ways you can use the content. And it's a really hard topic to teach,
0: I imagine. Um,
1: but we managed to simplify it in a way that they can get results. And what I love about that is it, it not just helps the business owners, but it also helps their families. It helps their communities. Like the ripple effect of that is forever, it yeah. feels like. So here's one I often think of first.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's a great example, right? Because here's this, um, here's a guy who's not a content creator. So mm-hmm. it's not even like me saying, look, I know I need to make a new course. I can't wrap my head around this. Can you come and help me launch this course? He's like, not even thinking about launching courses. Just like people are asking him for something. He's like, I don't have anything. I don't do that. I'm not mm-hmm. an educator. So that's a really mm-hmm. good example to help someone like that. Um, basically, would you say it's fair to say that you're helping them distill all the knowledge in their brain and their experience and even... To your point about maybe his business, the intuition, like that's a hard thing to teach. How, to, how do you siphon all that out and then put it in a way that somebody could you know, consume it, apply it, uh, and then get results with it as well? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what you're helping people do, and that's, that's a great example.
1: Yeah. I think of it like as an expert, if you had 100 files in your brain, we help you discern what are the 10 that they actually need and what's the best order and sequence to put those 10. That's great in the product because that's great. Like it's all, I think it's actually dangerous for creators to think that they're educators a lot of the time.
0: Ooh, tell me more they, about that.
1: Meaning if you don't know how to teach someone, sometimes you can do more harm than good. Mm. Cause if you just brain dump on all, you know, you just go for a walk, which I have bought programs. It's so clear. This is what they did. They went for a walk. They wolves recorded themselves. And then someone dubs some slides over top. Come on. You know, like the topic was just like, I don't know, if it was like a dog walking program, the topic was like how to use the right leash, right? And I, I look at that and I think, does this person have incredible expertise? Absolutely. But they do not. And maybe even Q&A and one-on-one, it's gold. Because they can pick exactly the right thing that that person might need at the time because they've been there right? Like they've walked that path before. But when you talk about putting it into a program that a person doesn't have interaction with you, or they have very limited interaction with you, are you actually doing your job and saving them time if you don't know how to teach?
0: Mm. Or are you
1: like making them more muddy and crowded?
0: That's a really good point. I mean, it's really convicting, I think. Um, I'm sure someone listening right now might feel like, oh crap, um, that could be me. What yeah. So, because I don't disagree, um, I think, I've, so I've learned this a long, it took me a while to learn this, but I discovered what I thought was easy, which is just putting courses together. And, mm-hmm. and I've realized I have some intuition. I don't have the teacher background that you have, but I had mm-hmm. some intuition on how to, to get an idea across and help somebody master it. So it, the way I would organize a course that was logical to me, it actually worked. So I think I got lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and i realized, Oh wow. Okay. Not everybody knows how to do that. So speak to the person who's like, Oh gosh, I'm the dog walker expert. Like I just, <laughs> and I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Cause I'm like, how am I going to get all the information out of my brain into a video? Mm-hmm. But you're saying it's not all hundred files. It's only 10 files. How do they figure out those 10 files? And maybe what, what are some helpful frameworks for us to think about? Like mm-hmm. what a course needs to do and what it doesn't need to do so that they're not overwhelmed, but like, help a non-educator distill that? If they don't have you, what, what would they do basically?
1: Oh, It starts with a lot of probably what you teach, which is niche and offer alignment. Because if you're a dog walker, okay, that's one thing. But let's say you can niche down to large dogs in suburban areas. Do you see how a dog walking course versus... I help you learn how to walk your large dog in a suburban area. That's naturally going to narrow the content in your brain. It's good. So that's like a really good first step. And then you have to keep asking, like relaying back to the question. Well, 80% of the people who go through this training need what I'm about to teach mm. because it's, you're never going to get your whole brain inside the a program. If you do, it's probably not. It's definitely not good for the end user. So thinking about, I I like to think of 80%, you know, if 80, if I had a hundred students and at least 80 of them would need to know this thing, then it definitely belongs in the program. But any of that extra stuff, like that's why you have Q and A calls. That's why you have support chats. That's why you have these other communities, like these other elements where they can get those outlier concerns handled.
0: That's so helpful because Someone, like I imagine the person they're trying to do their first course and they're like, oh, Graham, I found your stuff and I'm convinced this business model will work for me and I can get paid for what I know. Just mm-hmm. like your book said, let's do this. And then they're like, oh gosh, what do I put in this course uh, for whatever I want to teach? I mean, I know I get those questions where like, how do you decide? And they they feel they feel either overwhelmed because it's so much or what I'm glad you brought up, they're afraid if they're like me because this is what my fear was, was what if I don't cover what everybody wants me to cover. I'm sure like if, if a lot of people are happy with it, but there's someone has that one question, you didn't cover this. Will they be disappointed? And that felt like a crippling thing for a while until I just made peace with, I guess I probably was doing your 80% rule of like, Hey, Mm -hmm. most people need this. And then this other stuff doesn't really fit as like what matters for the majority of people, but what's another way I can give this to them? Is it in just some like bonus modules in the vault? If they want to like, Hey, you can dive into this. Is it like you said, maybe a paid community, which is one reason why I started my paid community. Cause I had all mm-hmm. these follow-up questions that I'm like, those are random. They don't make a good course, but we could talk about them every week, every month in the community. Um, mm-hmm. so maybe speak to that person. That's like, how would I, that's helpful. Okay. It doesn't have to appeal to everyone or cover what everyone needs, but 80%, um, is there like a like, a, uh, the meat and potatoes of what a course should have. Like, like I almost think like with my book, I, I knew I needed to teach the framework. Here are the steps to like launching your business, but there were going to be other chapters, some beginning chapters, some end chapters, but the meat, I was like, I'm going to teach the framework. Do you, do you say that's something similar for a course? Like what's your method? What are your steps? And then you kind of can add the other stuff to fill it in later. Yeah, we definitely,
1: we have frameworks for all of our programs, right? The frameworks to me is just a visual representation of your method. And there's uh, one thing I'll say about frameworks is try not to limit yourself to a linear framework. A lot of people think, oh, I need three steps, right? Step one, then step two, then step three. But most actually of our programs that we build are not step one, step two, step three. Sometimes it's a cumulative effect where you have, you step one and then you add step two and then you add step three or It's a cycle, you know, where you kind of especially in business, like business is a cycle. There's not really like an end, you're never like done. (laughs) You know, you just keep growing and building. So there's so many different ways to make a framework. And I think the best way to do it is just to think about okay, what are the steps to transformation people go on? And then how how does that come together? Right? And to to actually just draw it on a piece of paper and make it graphic. And then If you think about a course, like if we go back to a linear framework example, step one, step two, step three, sometimes inside of step one, there's three modules Mm. or four modules. So there's topics inside of that step. And then maybe step two, there's only two modules. There's only two main topics inside of that step. So it really, the whole thing is just chunking. It's just chunking what's the biggest picture and then how how do you dial it down all the way to, okay, okay. Here's my big framework, here are my modules, here are my lessons, which are the seven to 10 minute pieces of content inside of that module. And attached to each lesson is action steps. You know, Mm. here's the action you're gonna take at the end of this video with maybe deliverables, a workbook, a private podcast fee, whatever it is, right? So the whole thing is chunking. Mm. And if you do your job upfront with chunking out all of those pieces, actually building the course, can be fun. It doesn't have to feel like you know this big weight on your back.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, that's funny. I always think course building is fun. Like I, when there's seasons mm-hmm. where I don't have anything new I'm building because it, it doesn't make sense right now, or I don't need to, I get kind of sad. I want to go build something. Like I want to film a course. Like I, I so it's kind of satisfying to. I don't build anything with my hands. Like I have blogger hands, YouTuber hands. So like I don't <laughs> actually physically build things. So when I build a course, I'm like, look what I built. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. So let's get real zero, zero in on some practical stuff because you kind of mentioned mm-hmm. it. Is, is there, have you found an ideal video length when it comes to an actual video module, right? Is there like a psychology to like keep it under this amount of minutes for people to either get through it or take action on it? We're in
1: the world of TikTok now. So it's getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Mm. Right now I'm saying, you know, seven to 10, but like we've seen programs for Gen Z that's a workbook with QR codes to TikTok videos.
0: Oh, come on, stop it.
1: Like I'm for real, I'm for real, for real. So there's all kinds of different ways, but also on the flip side, right now we're working on a program for people in their 60s who want to invest in tax liens. So those are like...
0: 30
1: minute videos and they watch every minute and they want it on DVD. So <laughs> there's like, it's, it all comes back to like niche and offer alignment. Yeah. You know, you really got to know your audience to know what they're going to be willing to consume versus
0: not. <laughs> From TikToks and QR codes to DVDs. It's 2023. and We got them both. That's yes. hilarious. That's a really great. Um, it's a great reminder that it's not the medium. It's it's the offer and what, value you're delivering. Um, I suck at this because I like, it's not that I like, but I'll do like 30 minute video modules. Like, okay, I'm going to talk about your offer. It's going to be a 30 minute video Um, because in five minutes, I'm just getting going. So I'm like, what what are we going to cover in five minutes? But when I consume videos, just like books um, that have short chapters, like you feel that sense of like accomplishment. Like I just crushed 17 chapters and it was like 17 pages, but it feels good. Like you're making momentum. Talk about, the momentum in a course like because people obviously we want them to buy and then if that's all you care about you know then you're one of the sleaze balls that just wants to make the sale but if you genuinely care about impact you want them to buy because you want to make money but you want them to complete the course so they can take action so they can get the results um, and so I, I know that's what you want you're helping your your clients build programs that actually get people results what are some things we can think about to help get momentum like shorter videos Uh, You said action steps after each video. Is there anything else that comes to mind of like to get people to continue to move through the course and to then apply what they're learning?
1: I think uh, learning styles are really important here too. So for example, I bought a course not too long ago. My course completion rate would be 0%. Wow! Like I look like a horrible student. However, I just pulled her resources because she had these great workbooks and it was email marketing. So she had templates and things. And I use that to execute. So I didn't watch a single video. I didn't need to. I'm much, I'm like more the person if I can like scan and read a PDF,
0: I'll
1: do that over watching someone talk. And I'm the person who like, I'm always two X, like where's the three X speed?
0: I'm
1: just fast, you know? Um, So I feel like the more opportunity you give them to control their own journey, the more successful they're going to be, right? Like these are adults for the most part that we're teaching. So they generally know how they learn best at this point in their life. Um, So again, an easy way to do that is you can include video, you can include a transcript at minimum, usually some kind of manual workbook PDF is better. You can include a private podcast feed so then they can just listen on their Spotify when they're walking the dog or driving to work or whatever it is. So allowing different learning styles to learn in the way they like best.
0: Oh, I love that. So when you're talking about the private podcast feed, are you basically saying the audio of the course, but like, not just inside the course it's like in Spotify. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to consume on their phone or whatever.
1: Yes. Oh. Like we've all tried to like log into Kajabi on our phone. Yeah. Like we love Kajabi. I love Kajabi, but like, yeah. You know, and then there's like the peak MP3 download and then you hit it, but then, you know, you're walking and then it goes away and like we've all been there. However, what's great is if it's in Spotify or Apple, your private podcast feed, um, you know, you log in to listen to your podcast and you're like, oh, oh yeah. Like Graham's courses in here. I paid for that. <laughs> I should probably listen to it.
0: That is so smart on so many levels. Oh my gosh. Because yeah, now, now you're putting your content in another place that they're interacting with daily. Genius. It's just like
1: running ads to your yes. buyers to remind them to take the program. Like, Hey, module one dropped. run an ad that says module one dropped. Cause they're already on Instagram scrolling oh, and you have I their emails. That.
0: So this is, a, yeah. I'm getting an ignorant question here. So if I do like a private podcast, cause I know even Kajabi, you can do, you know, private podcasts, yeah. mm-hmm. but as long as they just need the feed link. Um, but can they also share it? I mean, I'm assuming they could just share it with anybody or is it like a login? No, cause it's, it's private. They can't
1: share like, like I could share my private podcast feed with, you know, uh, my best friend, but if she's not a part of the program, she's not gonna be able to listen to or hear any of the content. So it's still protected, but it's, it's only available to the people who okay. buy the course. Is that what you're asking? Yeah,
0: basically. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's cool. I'm gonna have to do that. That's such a good idea. Yeah. Both, my, both my favorite
1: consumer... tool, Sorry. No, my ahead. favorite tool is hello audio. Okay. So it's a software company run by Lindsay Padilla. She's amazing. And it, you literally just drag and drop your course uh, videos in and it spits out the feed. And then they have all kinds of integrations and stuff.
0: Great tip. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that because you really you were talking about it from a consumption standpoint, like what's going to help them consume it So have multiple mediums, not just the video, but the audio it written down. Um, and that's a great example of the course you took where you didn't watch any videos, but you got value <laughs> out of it. But then I didn't even think about like staying top of mind, retargeting your own customers to remind them like, look, you paid for this, take action on it. Um, And that's a very simple, but great nugget. I love that. Um, Let's like, okay, super practical. Um, I'm I'm curious, this isn't in my notes, but I'm curious about this. Like, what have you seen, um, have you seen like a sweet spot of like, what, what, audience size or experience level doing this? It takes to really have success with the course. Is it really all about like you're saying, getting the right offer in front of the right people. It doesn't matter if they're a beginner or if they're, you know, they've been doing this forever. Like, do you see any patterns between the success and your clients? Basically is what I'm asking.
1: They have all had adequate time teaching one-on-one. Love that. That's the main one. Is, um, yeah, they've had at least 10 clients at minimum. And then it goes up from there. If they're consultants, same thing. They've consulted with at least 10 businesses. I've done two programs and I can think of exactly which ones they are of people who didn't do that first. And it was, I mean, even with experts, like trying to extract the wisdom out of their brain, they just didn't have any of the learning experience that comes with working with others around your content to make it easy and fun. I mean, we got it done, you know, but it's like those were the programs. I'm like, Oh, they're going to need a redo in like 18 months.
0: Yeah. That's a really good insight. I just had um, mm-hmm. Cliff Ravenscraft on, on the podcast, but he's, he's like with the godfather of podcasting. Like he got Amy Porterfield and Michael Hyatt into podcasting, but now he's a, he's a mindset coach, but we were talking about like different offers and, and he was saying the very same thing. Like, like if don't, don't wait until you've, you've got your course ready, like just start coaching people, just start helping people. And like you learn so much, right. in one-on-one coaching and you'll know what roadblocks people have. I mean, it helps you with, that's how I, I feel like I get better at the marketing side of things is working with people one-on-one because I don't even know what language they're using in terms of their pain point or what they really care about to your point of the hundred files in our brain. They tell you what the 10 files are that they really want to know just by interacting with them. So I think that's a really good insight. Um, and something that I, I was teaching courses forever, like starting out with teaching courses. And I've been learning over the years, that my, like so many people have questions about, well, how, what about one-on-one coaching? Like, I don't really want to do that because what I want is passive income and scalable income. But do you think it's a good idea? And I'm like, yeah, you probably should do some one-on-one coaching either while you're building it, if you're already building, or at least, you know, at least that, but then definitely mm-hmm. before. So I'm having to like help people think through what one-on-one coaching looks like. But I think it takes the pressure off having to, distill everything down mm-hmm. and you can just sort of answer questions and figure out your framework and figure out your methodology based off of what really mm-hmm. works and what people are really asking you for. I love it. And that. it's
1: easier to sell. It's easier the to The course once it to get, comes together because you know the exact words, like you have all the copywriting and you're one-on-one recorded calls.
0: Yeah. 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 You're getting like paid to do research for your course basically.
1: And help people at the same time. It's great.
0: I love that. I love that. Okay so like we're getting close to the end here but I know like courses they've been around for a long time now. Uh, we're getting into a place where there's a lot of rapid growth. Um there's a lot more people doing this, you know, I, people like me aren't helping like I'm teaching people how to do this. And so I have a lot of people that are like, "Oh, there's too many courses, there's too many people doing it." But what do you see like in the future in the course space and the in the knowledge commerce space? Like what do you see if future trends, future developments if you had a crystal ball? What's your take on things in the next 5? years or so in this space?
1: I think number one is higher touch is going to become even more valuable. I think because if, if people are in their brain already thinking courses are not going to get me where I need to go, or it's going to be really hard because of just all the, the terrible programs that are out there, unfortunately um, including elements of the program that do allow them access to you, your team of coaches, support, et cetera, is going to become a must, right? And until this point, there's plenty of people selling, you know, that passive 497 program without any support and it's worked. I feel like the longer we go into these next five years, the more people are going to expect more support because they don't think they can do it by themselves anymore. Um, So that's number one. And number two, I really think AI is going to change the game.
0: Yeah, talk about AI that. is going you see? The there? game.
1: Uh, I think there's so there's opportunity for us to use our content in new ways. You know, like I don't know if you've seen Searchy out mm-hmm. there, um, but like the, things like that are coming about. Kajabi just came out with its online outline generator, which is not terrible, by the way. I've tested it a lot. Um, so I think I think that's going to change the game, just with how we interact with and use content, and we're going to be able to use it more um, effectively and um, also create programs more effectively, right? So we have AI, we use it throughout our process, various different things. And now that it's becoming more accessible to the average course creator, um, I think, you know, it's, it's worth tinkering with.
0: Yeah. So do you think it's not going to take over the world kind of thing? It's just going to be a tool we can use, or is it going to control us and make, sell us courses?
1: (laughs) I see it as our creative
0: partner. There you go.
1: Because at the end of the day, you can't take energy. And uh, people still are joining your program because they want to be in your energy in some way, shape or form. They want to do business like you've done business. They want to achieve the results you teach. Like you have done it. And so, even if AI generates copy that goes on your website or, you know, blog posts that go on your website, there's still going to be this element of, oh, but I heard, you know, the energy from his voice. I like felt the energy from his presence. And that is going to still be true. Yeah. People are still going to jump I
0: love that perspective. And I, I totally agree with it. I think this is something that I'm trying to remind people of when I'm when they're getting hung up on like, I don't I don't think I'm a good copywriter. I don't know if I have the best Mm. course or should it be TikTok or should it still be Instagram or whatever the like you're missing the point. Like people follow people. And so what your job is to do is build an audience that loves you and gets value out of you because it doesn't matter what you sell. You could sell anything. It's they're following you and you're serving them. It's a relationship and you can't replicate that in any way, shape or form. But what what it looks like might evolve. And we're always, like Mm -hmm. you said, it's business is a cycle. We're always having to pivot in some way, sometimes big, sometimes small. But what hasn't changed and what's only become more true is like people are looking for that person that they can trust, they can lean on. And the energy I think is a great word People want to be around, or in the orbit of, or even just at least following to be encouraged by mm-hmm. people's energy that that aligns with theirs and, and fills them up. In a in day and age where there's just a lot of uh, separation, loneliness, and negativity, so I think that's super valuable. How you market it—that's these are just you know semantics at this point. A lot of ways to market mm-hmm. it and make a living, but I love that we, we got into an AI versus you know human element <laughs> conversation in, a, in an episode about courses. I love that. Okay. <laughs> One final question for you is a segment we do on the show called the golden rule. So we can get philosophical here. So this is, this is you, this isn't about courses necessarily. It's about whatever Jasmine thinks. So um, a quick question. Do you have kids?
1: No, I have a dog. Okay.
0: Well, imagine your dog is your kid and imagine you have kids or anyone you care about. The the theory is just like you you've taught your kids everything uh, that you want them to know. Like, this is important. These are the mistakes I made. This is what I did. You know, here's what I want you to remember, but they forget everything um except for one piece of advice or one piece of wisdom like almost like a golden rule like what's that one thing you're like if i could tell my kids or my family this like and they forgot everything i want them to remember this this is so important to me what would that be
1: the first thing that comes to mind is just be kind always um it's just living life from the lens of of love and kindness and treating others how they want to be treated um, yeah, be kind always.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I think kindness opens doors. I love that. It's great. Mm-hmm. Well, this has yeah. been awesome, Jasmine. Thank you for taking us from you know, some philosophical stuff to the nitty gritty um, and everywhere in between. Your expertise is, is really, really valued for my audience. I hope people were really paying attention and go back and listen to this if you need to. Um, uh, where can people connect with you and find out more about Um, what you do, how can they work with you? How can they check out some of your content and continue to learn from you?
1: Yeah. So my favorite channel is Instagram. It's just my name, Jasmine Jonte, over there, uh, as is my website, Jasmine Jonte. If you want to check out some more nitty gritty practical tips, you can go to jasminejonte.com slash Netflix, where I have um, a PDF that you can grab that shares how to make your course as binge-worthy as Netflix, because man, if our course was as binge worthy as like, you know, Cobra Kai, we'd all be billionaires. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's where you can, you can reach me and, you know, feel free to, just come say, Hey, I'd love to hear what questions you have or thoughts. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Please check that out. I love that. It's a great lead magnet right there. It's a, it's a binge worthy lead magnet. So that's super dope. So get on that and check out Jasmine's stuff. <laughs> Uh, Jasmine, thanks for your time today. Thanks for sharing your expertise with our people. And uh, it's just been an honor to talk to you. It's been fun. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jasmine. I know I did. I learned a lot. I was actually taking some notes and I hit up my uh, my CMO and my CFO meeting. I was like, look, these are some things we need to do with some of our courses, upcoming great ideas I hadn't thought of. Um, don't forget to not only follow her on Instagram at Jasmine Jonti, but also check out her How to Make Your Course Binge-Worthy as Netflix jasminejohnty.com slash Netflix. I'm linking to it below in the show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, go show her some love, follow her for more great ideas as you build out your online course. And of course, if you wanna dive into the passive income workshop and start building your first thousand dollar a month income stream in just 30 minutes a day, That link is below as well or grahamcochran.com slash workshop. Hey, thanks for spending part of your day with me today. It is an absolute honor. I hope this was valuable to you. Enjoy it, take it, apply it, go build that highly profitable and life-giving business. I'll see you on another episode real soon.